as a kid, I used to love playing checkers. Any checkers fans in the house? I used to love playing checkers as a kid. I never really got into the whole chess scene all that much. I think it was a little too technical for my childlike brain to go with, but I used to love playing checkers as the kid and me and my grandmother we used to play all the time and I used to love playing with my grandmother because I'm pretty sure she always let me win regardless of if I actually could beat her or not may remain to be seen but always won and through that I actually learned how to play pretty decently but you know there's always a strategy behind checkers every move has to be calculated and it starts out just completely even nobody has an advantage Nobody has a disadvantage. It's just a clean slate, ready to be played upon to see who can match wit against wit and end up coming out on top. And as I began thinking about that within the context of our series that we've been in, Shattering Strongholds, you know, we've covered a lot of ground over the past few weeks together. We've talked about confronting our chains, those things in our lives that we can't seem to break free from or get past. We've talked about waging our war and fighting with the right weapons that God has given us to be effective in this battle that we face against an unseen enemy. We've talked about even as recently last week of how it is possible to never actually do that thing again that you keep doing again. And how God really can, through His Spirit, give us the power to break out of that cycle and not fall back into those same patterns of living over and over and over again, no matter how strong their pull or their influence may be over our life. Jesus has severed sin's power and it will have no dominion over you. It has completely lost its grip. It's completely lost its control. And because of that, the impossible is possible. We can live completely free. But on the heels of that, my question for you tonight is this. What happens if I do that again? Even though it is possible for the cycle to be broken like we saw last week, even though it is possible to live completely free, even though we know the absolute truth that sin will have no dominion over us, what happens if I do have a mistake? What happens if I do have a slip up? What happens if I do mess up again? What happens if things begin to get out of control? What happens if I begin to lose my grip all over again and go back into that thing that Jesus has set me completely free from? What do I do if I find myself in that situation? It's kind of like this deal right here. That we get into a good place so often, I think, spiritually. And when we're in that place, we can make a move. And we'll be okay. We're walking in the Spirit. We're spending time in the Word. We're spending time in prayer. We've got good interaction with faith-like community in our lives. And so even when the enemy makes a move, we can make a move as well. And we're still good. Nothing's happened. We haven't lost. We haven't won, so to speak. The enemy makes a move. In the name of Jesus, we make a move back. We make another move and we're good. The enemy makes another move and we're good. And for certain seasons of life, it seems like we can quote unquote match his wit, 
sometimes when we're in a good place spiritually like we know that we should be. And so back and forth the moves go and we can keep doing this over and over and over again without anything negative seemingly happening. We're spending time in the Word. We're spending time in prayer and everything is fine. And then as a matter of fact, an opportunity comes along and temptation presents itself. And since we're walking in the Spirit and since we're honoring God with our lives, we seize that opportunity and we actually get a victory over the devil. So now we're feeling real good about things. Now we've got a little, we got a little spirit swag about us, so to speak, to where we're feeling good, we're feeling confident, we're riding high, and so we're making moves and we're not worried about it whatsoever. God's given us the victory. We've seen that. One victory makes the next one a lot easier, right? And so the devil keeps making moves in our lives, trying to get us caught in situations, and he makes another move, and then what do you know? We end up taking another victory, and we're feeling even better. And everything's good, right? Shattering strongholds. He's moving the immovable. He's breaking the unbreakable. We're living out these promises in their fullness, and everything's great and well. And then all of a sudden, we let our guard down, and we take a loss. Well, no big deal, right? I mean, everybody's going to have a setback every now and then. There's going to be moments where things don't always work out in our favor, where we make a mistake, and it is what it is, right? And so we try to rebound, and we try to get over it, and we make another move, thinking that that's the best move for us to make during that time. And then all of a sudden, not realizing what we've done, We take an even greater loss. And what was once looking like a pretty even match, now all of a sudden has not so much worked out in our favor. And we try to regroup the best we can, right? And so we keep making moves. We keep trying to fight back the best that we possibly can, but it seems like every time we make a move, even if we get a victory, the enemy jumps right back and we take another loss. And when that happens, then we start to lose confidence, we start to lose touch, we start to lose communion with the one true God that can give us the power to help us continually live free. And then the next thing you know, what started out as an even game has started to get out of control. And we took a few losses along the way, and it didn't seem like that big of a deal at the time, but all of a sudden we look down and we're getting demolished. And things are out of control all over again. No matter what move we seem to make, we find ourselves right back in the same situation. And so with that in mind, I want to talk to you tonight from the subject of stopping the spiral. What do we do when things get out of hand? What do we do when Christ sets us free? We see the stronghold come down like we have been praying over your lives and believing for God to do in your lives. When Christ does indeed do that, what happens when things start to get out of control again? 
What happens when things start to spiral in a way in which we can't seem to get control of? Again, what do we do when every move that we make gets met and matched and overpowered, seemingly, by a move of the enemy? And so I want to show you something tonight out of James chapter 4. And it's going to seem very simplistic as we walk through it. But what I've learned is that within the context of the struggle, within the context of a spiral, the last thing that we need is for things to become more complicated than what they already are. And so our God understands this and he knows this about us, that the more complicated things seem to become, the more out of control they seem to get within our lives. And so he gives us very practical, relatable steps to follow in order to regain control, in order to stop the spiral, so to speak. He gives us some very easy steps that are found in James chapter 4, specifically in verse 7 and 8 that I'm going to read here in just a moment. And as I was looking through these steps, as God was revealing some of these things to me, you know, I, I caught myself kind of wanting to do exactly what I was just telling you not to do, which was complicate things. And it's funny because you, I know y'all can't really understand this because you're not in the position that I'm in. But as a pastor, as a teacher, the temptation for us, as odd as it may seem to be sometimes, is to kind of take God's word and pretty it up a little bit, so to speak. To find a cool alliteration, to try and move some words around, to make them sound cool and catchy. And so maybe later on somebody will make an Instagram post of it or put it on their story or something like that. And as I'm looking through this, I'm reading through it, and God's pointing these very simple, simplistic steps out, and I find myself trying to reword things in a catchy little way for you to be able to retain each and every little step that you need to take when a spiral takes place. And in the midst of that, God stops me. He's like, what are you doing? I'm trying to keep it as simple as possible, and you're over here complicating things. And so you're going to see they're, they're very, very simple, very, very direct. The Word of God, listen, if nothing else tonight, guys, the Word of God is sufficient for itself. It needs no additions. It better not have any subtractions. The best thing we can do is take it for itself. James chapter 4, starting in verse 7, James is speaking to believers as he writes this, and he says, Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. And I'm going to go ahead and read verse 9. It says, Be wretched and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will exalt you. Step number one is stopping the spiral. Submit. At the very beginning of the passage, James, as he is speaking to these believers, says to submit yourselves unto God. So when you find yourself in a situation where things are getting out of control, when you find yourself in a situation where things are beginning to spiral, then the first step that you need to take is to submit. 
And to submit within this context means to yield to a higher authority. And it's important that you guys grasp this and understand it because when it comes to submitting within the context of a spiral, you need to make sure that you are submitting to the right authority. James says, submit yourselves, therefore, to God. And when things get out of control, when things begin to spiral, when the enemy feels like he is gaining ground once again in your life, it can feel like once again he has gained control. And if we are not careful, then in that state we will submit authority for him to have that control once again in our lives. So you need to be careful when you're in a spiral who you are submitting authority of your life over to. James says, submit, therefore, to God. You've got to submit to the right authority. And I don't want you to get it in your mind that this word submit or submission in Scripture is a negative concept. We're not talking about submission in the sense that God's going to put you like in a rear naked chokehold and tap you out and force you to live by His commands and His decrees and His guidelines and His rules. We know that our God is not like that. The submit to Him is a willing submission, a willing yielding to his authority in our lives. And it's the perfect setup for us when things are spiraling out of control, when we can't seem to make a right move. The best place for us to be, once again, is in a position where we look up to God and say, okay, I'm in trouble. I don't know what to do. I don't know where to go. There was a famous king in the Old Testament, one of the kings of Israel, when they were going through a difficult time and navigating territory they hadn't been in and situations and circumstances they'd never experienced before, he prayed out to God and said, God, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. When you're in a spiral, you don't know what to do. Things are out of control. Things are out of hand. No matter how hard you try to grasp, no matter how desperately you try to stop the spinning, you just cannot. This is where submitting comes into place. It's looking up to God and saying, I don't know what to do, but I'm going to refocus my eyes on you because I need your power. I need your authority. I need your direction. I need your help within my life. Otherwise, I'm going to get back into a place that I don't want to be back in again. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. When you find yourself in a spiral, submit, but submit to God's authority and not the enemies in your life. Second step, resist. So James goes on, he says, submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Now, I think out of all these, for me and specifically, resisting sticks out probably as much as any of the other ones that I'm going to show you throughout the rest of this night. Because for me, it's probably one of the toughest ones to do. And that may not be the case for you, but I struggle with resistance. And it's funny because most of the time that's not the case in any other area of my life. If I get provoked, if I get challenged, any of those kind of things, then just quite simply as a man, that pride sets in. And what do you do? You'll knuckle down. You'll bow up, you'll do whatever it is that you have to do to prove your point or to, to win the game, competition, whatever it may be. 
It's just built in inside of us. And so I will resist in all those kind of areas. If you come into my home as an unwelcome guest, as a husband to my wife, as a father to my son, if you come into my home, you're going to be met, if you're unwelcomed, with resistance. I promise you. We had an instance of about a month or two ago, I guess. Some of y'all probably heard me tell this story, but we have one of the robot vacuums in our house, and our son, I didn't know, but he had gotten the controller and had set the automatic timer to like 4 a.m. Well, I didn't know that. And we're laying in the bed, and our, we got an inside dog that stays in the, the house, and she starts growling. And I wake up, and I'm like, what is she growling at? And I didn't think anything about it, but she's kind of just on the end of the bed. Well, I kind of wake up, and I roll over, and my eyes open up. Now I wear contacts, and if I took them out, I would have to have one of y'all take me by the hand to get me out of this room. I can't see anything without them. Well, I wake up, and in my blurred vision, I can see like this blue light coming down the hallway, and it's kind of a whistling sound. And so my initial thought is Ashley's gotten up, and she's roaming around in the house with her phone light or something, so I reach over, and I feel for her. Well, she's in the bed. So if she's in the bed, then obviously somebody is in the house. And without hesitation, I fling the covers off, go charging into the living room, ready to throw down, son. Like, I had no idea who I was going to be running into, but they were going to get all they wanted, plus a little bit more. And there's the dumb vacuum. But I was ready to fight. It was, time, it was go time. Now listen, what's funny about this is, is that so often when the enemy shows up with a fight in our lives, we do the exact opposite. We get it mixed up. So we don't want to submit to God's authority. We want to submit to His authority. In the process, we don't resist. We roll over. Did y'all hear what I just said? In the process, so many of us don't resist. We roll over. And we don't give Him any fight whatsoever. But James is clear as he writes this to these believers, resist the devil and he will flee from you. So guess what? If you don't resist, he doesn't have to flee. And as a matter of fact, why would he resist or why would he flee from somewhere that he didn't meet any resistance in? It's just an easy opportunity. It's an easy place for him to set up camp. It's an easy place for him to take advantage once again of areas of your life that he shouldn't have control over. Resist the devil and he will flee from over. Some of you need to build up your resistance a little bit. Some of you need to realize that, yes, indeed, there is a fight that's taking place. And listen, resistance is my responsibility. It's my responsibility to make sure that I resist the devil when he steps into my life with a temptation or an accusation or a deception. Now, that doesn't mean I have the power or the strength in myself to overcome him. We've talked about that over the past few weeks. But I can resist Him. And by the power and the authority that's in the name of Jesus, I can overcome Him. But some of you have got to get some resistance built back up in your life. Stop rolling over every time the devil wants to try and find a foothold again. Oh, we're all about seeing strongholds be torn down. But listen, in the process of that, you've got to have a little fight about you. You've got to have some grit. You've got to knuckle down. You've got to put your stake in the ground and say, this territory belongs to something and somebody that has been covered by the blood of Jesus, and you're not just going to come in here, devil, and take control of it. Resist when you start to spiral. Fight. Reach out, scratch, claw, poke him in the eye. 
do something. Don't, hey, don't, don't fight the devil fair. He's not going to fight you fair. He's a backstabber. So if you get the chance to stab him in the back, do that as well. If you get a chance to poke him in the eye, poke him in the eye. If you're a hair puller, grab you a handful and yank as hard as you can. Resist. Fight. Don't just roll over. It will help you when you start spiraling. The next thing. So James says, Submit, therefore, to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. When you start to spiral, it, it can make God's presence a difficult thing to find. Have you ever you ever gotten dizzy before? Like either intentionally or unintentionally? One of the weird side effects for me after this whole COVID deal was these dizzy spells. And, and it's not like the room would start spinning around or anything like that. It's more like everything starts to close in and get kind of dark. And it just it, it, it messes you up. It, it knocks off your equilibrium. I do the same thing, oddly enough. I got a bad equilibrium or something because we'll go on family vacations and we'll go to the beach and I don't know why engineers think we have to have like 47 stories in the condos and stuff but we'll be like on floor 42 or something I'll get off the elevator and all but fall down because it just messes my equilibrium up and listen when you get in this kind of situation and things begin to spiral out of control spiritually it can be very disorienting and in the process of that it can almost seem like we just lose touch with the presence of God and it's hard to find it back because we're just so disoriented and spun around and we lose our bearing and we lose our heading and a lot of times we lose touch with His Word and so it can become very difficult to find the presence of God in the midst of that. But James says, draw near to God. And listen, there, there are some ways in which we can do that. And the first one I would encourage you to do is to pick up His Word. When you get disoriented, the primary thing that you need is direction. And this is the primary source to find it. Draw near to God. Pick up His Word. Now, the interesting thing about this is that it's kind of similar to resistance in that we have some responsibility. And it's one of the few instances in all of Scripture where we see that God's movement is contingent upon our movement. So draw near to God, and then guess what the result is? He will draw near to you. And it's interesting to me that God kind of set it up like this. And within the context of our stronghold, it seems to make more sense to me because for most of us, not all of us, but for most of us, the strongholds that we battle are a result of our own choices and our own decisions. And that's why those things exist. So in the same sense, if we truly want to be free of those things, if we truly want to be rid of those things, then it should be our choice and our decision to step away from those things. And so God gives us the freedom to choose to step towards him and away from what held us in chains, away from what held us in bondage. And the assurance of his promise is this, you draw near to me, I will draw near to you. So every step closer that you take to God is a step closer he takes to you. And so when you find yourself spiraling out of control, when you find yourself slipping back into this stronghold that you so desperately don't want to go back into being bondaged to again, draw near to God. Step towards Him in His Word. Step towards Him in prayer. Step towards Him 
and worship. Listen, some of you could draw near to God a whole lot better each and every day if you would just start off by listening to God-honoring music with each and every day. Just worship. Praise and honor and glorify and exalt Him. Nothing draws us near maybe quite as intimately as just worshiping our God. And so if you find yourself in a spiral, draw near to Him through His Word. Draw near to Him through prayer. Draw near to Him through community. Draw near to Him through worship. And the spiral will begin to slow. Three things so far. So the spinning should begin to slow down. A little bit. One more. And we got to run down a little bit further. So submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil. He will flee from you. Draw near to God. He will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts. You double-minded, be wretched and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. That's a passage you won't hear in some of the more popular churches in our culture today. But listen to me. Our strongholds are not a matter of laughter. They're not to be taken lightly. Sin is not to be taken lightly. And when we find ourselves in those situations, again, it does us no favor to treat it flippantly. James is telling his readers, because they were strictly within the context of sin, he says, Y'all, you guys, you're in sin, and it doesn't seem to be that big of a deal to you. And he says on the heels of, if you're going to draw near to God, then when you draw near to Him, you need to purify your heart, and you need to cleanse your hands, and you need to be mourning and weeping because He is a holy and just and righteous God who does not tolerate this thing that is in your life again. And then he says in verse 10, humble yourselves before the Lord and he will exalt you. Last one, humble. When you find yourself spiraling, humble yourself. So where submitting at the beginning was to yield to a higher authority, to be humble is quite simply to lower yourself. And this can be key in stopping the spiral because most of the time, if you guys are anything like me, when things get out of your control, you try to take them back into your control. And that only accelerates the speed of the spin. When you try to get in a struggle for control with the devil, you'll always lose that tug of war yourself. But it's just our default reaction to have control over things. And so when we lose control, we try in our best power and our best ability by our own authority to try to regain control ourselves. But to be humble is the exact opposite of that. It's to lower yourself. It's to lay the pieces down and to say, okay, God, my submission is unto you and my humility is unto you as well. I don't have what it takes to stop the downward spiral that I'm in. I don't have what it takes to change the situation once again. When you set me free from this very thing that I feel myself spiraling back into, that wasn't me that set me free to begin with. That was you. And so I'm in this position once again, and once again, God, I need you to do for me what I cannot do for myself. I need you to do in your power and in your ability what I don't have within myself, the power or the ability to do, humble yourself, 
to stop the spiral. And so as all this kind of comes to a conclusion, we find an interesting thing at the very end as well. So to recap it once more, James says, Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Then we drop down to verse 10. He says, humble yourselves. And at the very end, he says that God may exalt you. To be in a spiral is to be in a downward tumble, which is exactly how it feels when we're battling a stronghold, when we're trying to get out of something that has had a grip in our lives. And so the only way really to get out of that downward spiral is to be lifted up out of it. So James says, after all this, here's what God will do. If you will submit, if you will resist, if you will draw near, if you will humble, he will exalt. You know what exalt means? It it means to lift up. which Christ himself has been exalted or lifted up above all. But God in his love and his grace and his mercy for us, when he sees us spiraling downward, will exalt us if we will submit, resist, draw near, and humble ourselves. He will lift you up out of that downward spiral that you're in and set you back on level and stable ground. And the beautiful thing about that is that that's the gospel as well. God does this for us as born-again believers. When we find ourselves in situations that we don't need to be in, we find ourselves tumbling down a road that we don't need to be going down. But he also does this for us when we first come to know him. He exalts you. He lifts you up through his son out of that bondage of sin. He lifts you up out of death and into life. That's the wonder of his love. That's the beauty of his grace. And that's why, guys, at the beginning tonight, I pleaded with those of you who may not have a relationship with Jesus to allow that to take place in your life. And if you try to comprehend it, you never will. If you try to understand it, you never will. It's faith. And by faith, we accept it. And through His power, He lifts us up. All this, guys, is to set up next week. Because we're going to bring this series to a close. But I wanted, and I thought it was pressing importance because the enemy's crouching at the door and he's ready once again to find an opportunity in your life to get you spiraling out of control again. And I'm thankful for God. I'm thankful for his leadership. I'm thankful for his direction. I'm thankful for his word because he gives us keys to stopping the spiral. And I wish it wouldn't happen. I wish we wouldn't encounter it. I wish we wouldn't have a slip up. I wish we wouldn't have a spiral. But if you find yourself in that situation, what do you do? Submit. Submit. Resist 
Draw near. Humble yourself. And he will lift you up out of that downward spin you're in. Hey, this is Trey Mitchell, college and young adult pastor. I just wanted to say thank you for listening. It's our prayer that God uses these messages in a way that challenge and encourage you to live for his glory. If you've never placed your faith in Jesus as your Savior, we would love to help you with making that decision. Just reach out to us through our webpage at underwoodbaptist.org. Be sure to check back in with us next week as we again encounter God through his word here at Life.